Hello, good morning, Lighthouse. How's everybody today? Thank you, Lord. Good morning, everybody. Uh, we were tasked to do this topic today on loving family. We started with... Pastor Albert preached on loving God. Yes. Then uh, that was three weeks ago. Then two weeks ago, Pastor Leo preached on loving the nation. And last week, Pastor Jojo preached on loving the family. And so today, we're going to preach on... There you go. Lo no, lo loving... Yes, loving your church. That's what happens when you're 67. Now today, loving your family. We are a family. Yes. Every single person here belongs to a family. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your love and yes, for the outpouring of your grace yes, today. Yes, God. We declare that we need you, we lean on you, we depend yes, on you. So we commit this moment into your care. Yes, our Lord. Kingdom of God now come upon yes. every family, upon every single heart. Will of God be done in each and every lives. To you we give back the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So we're going to tandem today. Uh, Christine and I will be sharing from the Word of God. <clears throat> God takes parenting seriously. And uh, there's a price that family members pay when parents don't take parenting seriously. There are consequences. I just want to read a few. Parental weaknesses and sins. Uh, Eli, everybody knows, he was a high priest. And what happened, it says, look what the Lord said about him and about his family. For I told him that I would judge his family forever. Because of the sin he knew about, his sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Eli had two sons, Hopni and Pinehas. And they were both mocking the sacrifices of the people. Because dapat po ganito, when, when the Israelites would bring their sacrifices, their fattened portions, and they would burn the fat. So the high priest was allowed. The high priest had a three-thronged uh, fork. The high priest uh, was allowed that after all the fat was burned, he would, he would dip into that meat. And whatever is stuck to the fork, para sa kanya yan. Kung maliit na piece, sorry na lang. Kung malaki... Praise the Lord, but praise the Lord anyway. But you know what the sons would do? While the, the meat was still raw, they would tell the person that's about to sacrifice, give us, a, give us a piece of that. No, 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 I need to sacrifice this until the fat is fully burned. No, give us a piece of that. They will take it by force. They made a mockery of the sacrifice. So they blasphemed God. So God dealt with them and so they died. Then another one very familiar, Samuel. Everybody knows the prophet Samuel. What happened to him? This is what God says. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and perverted justice. His two sons, Joel and Abijah, he appointed them as judges, but they did not walk in God's ways. So how, how can a, a high priest... One who communes with God all the time. How can he not teach his sons the ways of God? You, you, you get to wonder, where did he fail? What did he do? And then, very familiar to all of us, King David. It was Adonijah who put himself forward. I will be king. His father had never interfered with him by asking why do you behave as you do? He was also very handsome and was born next after Absalom. You remember he, David's son, Amnon, raped his half-sister Tamar. And David did not even confront Amnon. And so uh, Absalom was enraged. 
How come my father would allow this? My half-brother rapes my sister and he doesn't do anything about it. So because of his rage, he kills his brother to avenge his sister's rape. When we fail to deposit God's word to our sons and to our daughters, actually we're not being good parents in the sight of God. So parenting is very serious. Because we want our sons to be good parents. We want our daughters to be good parents when they get married someday. Proverbs 29.15 says this, The rod of correction imparts wisdom, but a child left to himself disgraces his mom. Parents often get weary. Disciplining is not easy. When you're, when you're instilling, a, a, say, a program at home, the things that they need to do, your kids will push you to the limit. And if you reach a point where you say, ang hirap nito, ayoko na, I give up. That's what the devil wants, for us to give up on our children. But we pursue, we pursue, we keep on, we keep on, we persevere. Why? Because someday they too will be parents. And we want their home to honor God. We want them, them to live, a, live lives that are worthy of the Lord's calling. So, when correcting them, stand firm. Don't give up. Consistent, loving relationship is what they need. The Lord doesn't say beat them up with a rod, but consistent, loving relationship is what they need. So, the first thing we want to share to all of you, to parents that are here, to single people, you will be parents one day. Unless you have the gift of celibacy. I know somebody is saying to me, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. <laughs> the one who laughed the loudest. Lay only one foundation in the lives of your children. And what is that? 1 Corinthians 3.11 says this, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. You know, in the early 90s, we're reading in, from a book. There was a beautiful building in, in the city of Mumbai that was built just uh, fronting the seashore. Beautiful building. Sturdy, strong, expensive materials. And just one day, the building just collapsed. And the people were wondering. And when they made studies, you know, there was no earthquake, no, no, no tsunami. But it just collapsed. When they studied they didn't know there was a sea, water, sipping in into the, that, that foundation. And slowly it eroded the foundation. And one day the building just collapsed and so many people were killed. Foundation is the key to any construction. You know, what good is it to have a beautiful building, a beautiful house? Yeah. Kung alam mo, may problema ang pundasyon. Would you like to live in that house? I don't think so. So it is the key. Whenever we build a house, an apartment, a building, a home, a marriage, marriages need to be built on the right foundation. And there's no other foundation that we lay other than that of Christ. Jesus himself said, a wise man will build his house upon the rock, while the foolish man will build his house upon the sand. Let's read this together. Kasi mahaba to. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It sounds better when Christine reads it. So there's a foundation that will stand firm forever. There is a foundation that can never be shaken. There is that foundation that is laid upon the rock, built upon the rock, Jesus Christ. 
So whether you go on a vacation uh, after uh, parents are long gone, that foundation in the lives of their children, in the hearts of their children, will stand firm and will carry them, will sustain them. Because of the words they heard from dad and mom. The words deposited into their lives. Not just words, but the, the modeling of a life that is submitted to God. So in the midst of adversity, trials, because they're going to come. Foundation is the key that will hold a loving, wholesome family together. Yeah. Jesus is that foundation, that sure foundation which a family should be built. The dad of the home is the prophet. What does the prophet do? He brings the word of God to the family. The unchanging word of God. The word that is forever settled in heaven and on earth. You are depositing life-changing words in the life of your children. Every time you bring the word of God. Christine will explain this a little later. <clears throat> the father is the priest of the home. What does the priest do? He's the one that comes on behalf of the whole family to the father. Making petitions, praying for them, praying for their requests. Declaring destiny to the children. And of course, the king, we know this. The king takes care of his subjects. We, the fathers, go to work to provide for our children. That's why I salute the mothers who are also working. They're not just a homemaker, but they also work. I salute working moms. It's not easy, but they do it anyway. Why? Because they love their children. They love their family. So those are the three basic things a father does. He is prophet, brings the word, he's the priest, he intercedes, and he's the king. He works, he provides. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So as the, as the father speaks life to their children, their children get to hear this. Of course, they know their dad, they know their mom, and just like the sheep who recognizes the voice of their shepherd, and when their shepherd calls out, they know that's a friendly voice. That's a caring voice. That's a loving voice. So they come. When you speak frequently to your children, not just about how did, they, how did their day go, how it all went, but when you speak tenderly the Word of God into their lives, and especially when you... Show them how to apply the Word of God in their lives, in their situation. You know, it, 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 there is this bonding that takes place between parents and children because they are being fed spiritual food, food that will last. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. That's the NASB translation, and they follow me. You follow the voice that you know you can trust. You follow the voice that you know is dependable. The voice that will always protect you and love you and cheer you on. That's from the Greek word aguo, which means uh, giving heed. Not only hearing, but understanding what is being said to you. There's an understanding that comes from, uh, to the heart of our children when, when, they, when they hear the word of God. When, when they know that how the Word of God is applied in their lives. When they see the Word applied in their parents. When their parents live out the Word every day. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm doing the first part. Later, you'll know how bad a father I was. A wise man will hear an increase in learning. You know, someone said, I forget who. The person who restrains himself or herself from talking and just cares to listen, grows wiser and wiser and wiser. Because your learning increases. Yes. And a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Listen, my son, to a father's instructions. Pay attention, it says in Proverbs 4, 1 and 7. And gain understanding. Wisdom is supreme. And where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from the Word of God. That's our guide. That's our manual for life. Hallelujah. 
Now it's Christine's turn. And hope and pray that I return the mic. Point number two, be a loving family. So in other words, be a team. You belong to one team. We belong to the Kairos team. The Garcia team is here. So family, mom, dad, kids, you are family. We are family. Diba? Pagkakataon ko na pong kumanta sa stage. Alam ni Lord, dream ko maging song leader. Hanggang dream na lang po. So, when your family, you move towards one direction. You have unity. You're motivated by one goal, one purpose. You're in sync. And dad takes hold of the reins of the family and says to the family, we go this way. The sense of destiny comes from the dad. Okay? And so, this is a saying that goes, uh, teamwork makes the dream work. Are you a team? Now, if you belong to one team and you're pulling against each other, then you are not a team. Early on in our marriage, during our honeymoon stage, and Pastor Albert has a beautiful teaching on this, he describes marriage as the four seasons, springtime, summertime, autumn, and wintertime. When we were in the springtime of our lives, okay, we were honeymooners, wow, romance was ablaze. I, I, I used to fly, and I used to fly as an international flight stewardess, straight from UP Diliman, I went to flying because that was the quickest way to earn a living. I had to support my siblings for them to, to, you know, somehow go to school and all that. But that's way behind me now. And so when Peter asked me, I, was, I got pregnant and I was eating more than I was earning. So he told me, quit. And I would climb the 747 in the hangar and I was training the FAs from the front of the plane all the way to the rear, it was hot. Okay? The APU was not on, the, the auxiliary power units were not on, they just turned on the lights. It was hot, it was dark, and I was seven months on the way, so he told me to quit. So I quit. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? When I quit, I thought, ako lang po yung tumitake off sa naiya. And we would cross the Pacific at 48,000 feet. Si Peter din pala. Lumilipad. Nagte-take off din yung aeroplano niya, kaya lang po, mababa po ang lipad. Below the radar. Okay? So, below the radar. And then, and then, because I was so desperate, you know the lonely nights? I don't know if you can identify. I would go to bed. I was so lonely. You know, he would come home early, early the next day. Dahil po sa... Sa cargo industry sila. And they would wine and dine the clients. Uh, Gaylord, I hope you're not like that. So, during those days, Peter was not a Christian yet. And because I was so distressed, I was so much in anguish, I cried to the Lord. And guess what? My sister-in-law who became my BFF shared Jesus to me. Shared Jesus to me. And I accepted and I entrusted my life and I turned my life over to Jesus. And that was the only time I understood the whole thing. And then I shared Jesus to Peter. And he too. But there was a point in his life, I'll tell you what. When he wasn't happy with the Boulevard nightclubs, you know what? He confessed to me when he became a Christian. You know, Han, pag hindi ako contento sa mga nightclubs sa Boulevard, Eh, syempre, I have the fruit of the Spirit. Ako yung una naging Christian. Yes. Sabi ko, ano yung kinoconfess mo? Sabi niya, ano, pumupunta ako sa nightclub sa Timog. <laughs> sabi ko, talaga? Oh, really? So, sabi niya, kasi may mga fashion show doon, yung mga nightgown, mga negligee. <laughs> sabi ko, really? Sabi ko, Diyos ko, patawarin niyo po ako. Nagagalit na ako, pero controlled. So anyway, and he confessed to me, he would go to a nightclub there called Lighthouse. Elder po siya sa Lighthouse Nightclub. But God has a fantastic sense of humor. Today, we're elders in Lighthouse Christian Community. Hallelujah. And, no, really, I really praise God. 
fantastic sense of humor talaga si Lord. And guess what? Hindi ba puro nightclub si Peter, no? Especially pag TGIF, thank God it's Friday. Wow! Wow! Thank God it's Friday. Alam nyo, thank God, today isang club na lang po ang pinapasok niya. The 700 Club. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And when we entrusted our lives over to Jesus, you know, positionally we became perfect in the eyes of God because we accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. He has washed us clean. He has sanctified us, justified us. And so if we died, we, you know, the Bible says, He who has the Son has life, and he who is not the Son of God does not have life. So we have life. But experientially as parents, we're being perfected even to this day. Little by little, from faith to faith, from suffering to suffering, from, wow, from glory to glory, we are being perfected by the Lord. And so, the point that I want to say is, we're a team, right? We are a team. And if you're not yet a team, darling, as a family, this got, it's time to check where you are from. So, family, can we read this? Family is a place where all can be real, not fearing that we'll be rejected. But this is not so all the time in the family. Like in my family of origin, I was hurt, poverty hurts, poverty wounds. My father was a military man, he wasn't earning enough, and we were eight siblings. An honest military man, Peter said. And so we are eight siblings, and so... I really had to work and fend off and help the family. So, the family of origin where I grew up, I was wounded in the sense that I had to take over the cudgels of earning for the family. But I thank God that in this church, we have such a thing as the Elijah House School of Prayer Ministry. We have that. And I went through inner healing. And the minister said to me that minister that brought healing in the name of the Lord, said to me, Christine, you are not the master of the universe. Christ is. Ilang taon, I was carrying that on my shoulder, being the breadwinner. And yet, when she said, you are not the master of the universe, Christ is. Para po akong natanggalan ng isang malaking boulder sa balikat ko, knowing that I am not, I am not the only one I am not the, the Jesus that my family needed. What they needed was Jesus. And so, now in our family today, because we have gone through those times of healings with these ministers, we, we tried to, to redeem the days when we brought up our sons. You know, I flew and Brian was a little boy. I left him. We would fly to Europe. There were times he would be out 28 days. And I thank God for our Yaya Heling, that she's such a gentle woman. She took care. She became the mother to Brian. And I don't even remember keeping Brian close to me all the time. I, I failed as a mom to hug him tightly because during those times, Peter was fooling around. So I said, Yaya, take care of Brian. I have my own worries and my own problem with Peter. So I you take care of Brian. So I committed Brian to the care of that honest and good and kind Yaya of ours. But today, I thank God that we can say that who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Jesus who loved us. Yes, so we overcame that the inevitable storms of life in the early part of our marriage. The springtime of our marriage turned into a nightmare, but Jesus redeemed those times. And for that, we shall be grateful. But you see, when Peter and I became elders of the church, guess what? Another problem. In 1994, we were at the height of the ministry. We went for a checkup. They found, the doctor found cancer in Peter's right kidney. So in 1994, the doctor took out his cancer, that, the kidney. He radically did a surgery and took out the kidney. 
And guess what? 11 years later, I had brain tumor. You see, when, when there are afflictions and distresses that come into our lives, we look up in our distress and in our anguish. We cry out to God, but the Lord answers us. And we repented of our ways, and He took away all our sins. And that was the only time really we experienced the tangible peace of Christ ruling and reigning in our family. In the name of the Lord, yes, we still go through uphills and downhills in our marriage, in our life. And during the teenage years of our sons, hi David, hi Timo, uh, Patrick is not here. So during those teenage years, we're one of the landmark reminders in our life. I tell you what, parents, don't give up with your teenagers. It's so much easier to close your eyes and turn your back and start watching Netflix. But don't give up. You enforce, as teenagers, we were really enforcing the daily devotion. After dinner, we would, Peter would tell me, Hun, captive audience, they're after dinner, do na tayo. We'll do the Bible study and we will pray. Sometimes after eating, we bring them up to the room after the Bible study and memory verses in the table. We go up to the room and start interceding. And Peter and I will be walking and our kids will be yawning, rolling their eyes, dragging their feet, dragging their feet. Ano yon, Han? Yeah. They're dragging their feet because their video game is put on hold. They can't wait to get back to their room and, but, and continue playing their video games. So don't give up. Even if the pressure grows stronger and stronger, don't give up, mom and dad. And there was one time, there was one time we were having the house sprayed, anti-termite spray. Some of you have heard this story. And so the only manhole where the guy could enter was in the bathroom of the boys. So as he was climbing that manhole to spray the whole ceiling, he could, not, he could not gather enough footing because he said, Mom, sabi sa yaya, Mom, teka, there are so many things dito po sa ceiling. Nung binaba po niya ko ano mga nakakapa niya sa ceiling, Betamax and VHSs. Mga VHS. And guess what? They were not super books. Hindi po sila super book Bible, di ba? So, there were pornographic materials. I wanted to faint as a mom. You see, I tutored see, my kids. See, David is back there. Hi, Dave. If you ask him, he'll say, that's not mine, that's Brian. We ask Brian, he'll say, no, that belongs to my brother. Poor Patrick is not here to defend himself. But honestly, Timothy was too young to be part of but that. But liars go to hell. Hallelujah. So anyway. I know, it was corporate. Yeah, and so anyway, so it was time to spray now the surrounding area of the floor. So niroroll nung yaya ko yung rug sa room nila. Guess what? It wasn't foam lining their rug. It was pornographic magazines. I, that evening, there was a great bonfire in our backyard. And I was cooking marshmallow over the bonfire. But you see, we have learned, because we are a team, we have learned to forgive each other. I have forgiven Peter for all his philanderings, his womanizing, his drinking. Sa, baba, sa, lala, sa Tagalog po, babaero, laklakero, buti na lang walang lalaki. Okay? So we have learned to forgive. And forgiveness may not change our past. It may not change our past. It will not change that he fooled me. And many times in the past, I would say, I'm the victim here. Ako ang biktima dito. Ikaw ang offender ko. And guess what, ladies? Today, we minister in Marilac. Many are the victims there. Sila po ang tunay na victims. But even the victims can turn their lives over to Jesus and Jesus will take over their lives. So I've shut my mouth because I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus who loved me. Amen. And guess what? We have learned this from Dr. Tok. Dr. Tok, a psychologist who comes here from Singapore. You may not change your past, but it forgiveness enlarges your future. True. 
Okay? And so, by wisdom, a house is built. Through understanding, it is established. Through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. We had learned through the years and through our experiences, based on the Word of God, the truths of the Word that set us free, we found out that in Proverbs 24, 3 to 4, by wisdom, it means by skillful, godly wisdom, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ Jesus. So if you do not have Jesus as a foundation of your family and your own life, then how sad because all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, Colossians 2 verses 3 to 4, are found in Christ Jesus alone. So by wisdom, a house is built. By wisdom, a life, a home, a family is built. You are built by wisdom. Your life is built by wisdom. A family, and guess what? By wisdom, a house is built. By wisdom, a house is fortified, surely built, set up. When you have wisdom, that house, that life, that family, that home will be fortified, built up, and set up. Through understanding, through discretion, through reason, through discernment, it's, you're given the ability, the ability to decide the good judgment that you're supposed to say if there's a right or wrong in front of you. The ability is there to tell you what is right or what is wrong. So through understanding, it is established. Established means to be firm, to be certain, to be set to be stable. So your house, your home, your family is stable because of understanding. And through knowledge, through the knowledge of the truth, through the knowledge of the Word of God, you have insight. You are wiser. Why? Because you have the foundation of Jesus and you're standing on the rock eternal. You're standing on the Word that will never change. Okay? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall never pass away. And family is where children are provided appropriate setting by keeping our home conducive to much affection and nurture, where life's important lessons are learned. Mothers, you are the key in keeping your house a home. Amen? Ay, bakit apat lang amen? Amen. Amen. Yes, dad is outside the home. He's earning. He's the king. He's the prophet. He's the, he's the priest. He's out there to earn and make a living so that as a king, you can have breakfast, you can have snacks, you can have lunch, you can have snacks and dinner and then snacks and then midnight snacks. And you can sleep in a, a comfortable home, right? But mama is the key in keeping the house a home. You make the home a haven, a safe haven, a comfortable place where you can rest, keep warm in that aircon that's set at 16 degrees. As a wife and mother, mothers, can we read this? I set the thermostat of our home. In other words, mom, you set the mood. So in the morning, when you wake up, you do this. Oh, just go, oh God, another day. Another boring, miserable day. And all your, your husband and your sons and daughters are stepping on eggshells. So afraid that they might trigger you and you will explode like taal or pinatubo. Volatile. But if you do this, ah, oh, what a glorious morning. Sing to the Lord all the... ba? Pag-asa ko kumanta. So, but if you are a rejoicing person, wow, we are not a naturally rejoicing people. It takes so much from us to rejoice. But mom, if you set the thermostat, you want the room to be cold? Put the thermostat to 15 or 16 and you will shiver and you want the room to be hot raise it up amen you set the ambiance of your home you make your house a home you make it conducive for your children so 
Mother, you're the key figure of the home. But then, if mother keeps criticizing, when your husband comes home, when your kids come home from school or from work, what comes out of your mouth? Is it encouragement or criticism? You always find fault. Darling, magbrush ka ng ipin. Ang baho-baho na hininga mo. Maligo ka na. Maligo ka na. May body odor ka. B.O. Well, if you keep criticizing, fault-finding, why would your sons want to make meaningful conversation with you? Why would your husband want to spend sweet times with you? You will push them into the cave of darkness, push them into the cave of so many places, alcoholism and all that. And then next is, mother, if you're always nagging, that's another way of pushing your kids away from you. Amen? But surely in this room, there's not one critical person here. Surely in this room, there's no naggers here, right? Because we are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Be ye perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect, right? And guess what nagging is? Nagging is constantly harassing someone to do something accompanied by shouting or raising our voice. It's highly repetitive. Paulit-ulit, paulit-ulit, paulit-ulit. And guess what? It's a steady stream of unwanted advice, a form of torture. Who are you among men and children are being tortured by mama? Please don't raise your hand. Third world war might start. It's a rhetorical question. How many of us? Okay? So, at the end of a long day, your kids and hubby come home tired. How do you meet them? Sweetie pie, honey pie, muscovado sweet, cocoa sugar, panucha, sugar cane juice, diba? No. Instead, what do we do? We meet them with dark countenance, negative emotion, and combative words. Venomous words coming out of your mouth and combative like a dark cloud is following you all over your home or your house. Like I said, surely in this room today, there's not a single one mother who's like that, right? So, ladies, instead of nagging, let there be nurturing. Instead of discouraging, let there be encouragement. Instead of complaining, let there be meaningful conversation. Instead of bulldozing them down, pinipison nyo si mister at yung mga bata, build them up. Build up your man, build up your family, and you will have a home instead of a house. You will have a pleasant, loving home, a pleasant, loving family. Dahil po kasi, pag uuwi ba yung mga bata at si mister, uuwi sila sa war zone, huwag naman po. Bad company corrupts good character. We push our kids to look for company. Because they will look for friends, whether they're good or bad, for as long as they're accepted, they will settle even for bad company. And it corrupts good character. 1 Corinthians 15.33. It's your turn, hon. Thank you. Hallelujah. Christine mentioned, build them up. You can't build up someone without communicating with that person. So the third point is communication. Listening is an art we're still learning and are applying in our home. Communication, there's the talking part and there's the listening part. So men, husbands, you want to be happy, you need to accept and settle in your heart. In my lifetime, my wife will talk more than me. Unless you're a preacher, then puede umangat ka. But your wife will talk more than you. It's okay. It's okay. God has gifted women to be verbose, you know. So being a parent is one of the most important jobs, if you want to call it a job or a calling. It's a job that requires full-time attention. And when you're communicating, uh, there's that talking part, but there's also the listening part. Are we really listening to what our kids are saying to us? 
Do we really give them the attention? When they're talking to us, do we look at them eyeball to eyeball so that they know in their hearts, oh, my father, my mother is really listening to what I'm saying to them. Or are we doing something else while they're talking? We're multitasking. Most of the time when we get home, we go watch TV. We, we, we watch Netflix. We listen to music. We read the newspaper. No time to talk. No time to communicate. No time to engage our children. Why? And many times when our kids are young, in our time, when they would cry, we would give them an honest-to-goodness pacifier to stick into their mouth. At least they can still hear us. But now, what do we do? We stick a tablet, we stick an iPhone, an iPad, so that they'll be entertained. We no longer want to give them the time to listen. What will they learn from these iPads, from these gadgets? Parents, we cannot abdicate our role as parents to these gadgets. We can't allow that to happen. What kind of generation are we raising up? When you intently listen to what your kids are saying, you honor them. In fact, let me ask you these questions. Parents, who do your kids share their problems to? Do you know? If they don't share it to you. So who? What are their dreams? What are their visions? What's their favorite food? What's their pet peeve? Do you know their BFFs? Do you care to know who their BFFs are? Meaningful conversation is a treasure. It's a treasure that they look back to and they will remember and have fond memories that my father and my mother took the time, gave me importance, engaged me in meaningful conversations every time they were home. I could look for them and freely speak to them. In fact, when my kids call me today, Timothy is fond of saying, so, sorry, Pa, to bother you. And I always answer him, no, you're not bothering me, son. One of these days, I'll tell him, can you not begin with that line? When you call, I'm all here for you. All Love of me is Timo. listening to you. You know, you're, you're never bothering me when you call me. Amen. I'm here for you. James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak. In fact, uh, let me say, it was Nobel Peace Prize nominee, best-selling author, and one of the world's top social media influencers, Brian H. McGill, who said, one of the most sincere forms of respect is actually listening to what the other has to say. That's respect. That's value. So listening is so important. Uh, it says in Proverbs, the tongue has the power to bring life or death. Look at that. The stakes are high. Your words can either speak life or your words can speak death. And this Proverbs is not there for us to avoid uh, to speak death over our children. No. These words are to remind us what not to do. But on the other hand, we should be generous in affirming our kids, Amen. in encouraging our kids, in cheering them on. Amen. We should be their greatest cheerleaders. Amen. Indifference does the greatest harm. When we are indifferent towards our children, it does the greatest harm in their lives. You can be a father who's not absentee, like you don't go to the nightclubs, you're always there at home, but you're there, but you're not there. They cannot approach you. They cannot talk to you. You never have time for them. Even if you're present physically, you're not there for them. You know, I wish we could explain the different types of fathers because there are a lot, but we don't have the time to do that. But, but that's a role that we cannot just let go. It is so vital to continuously deposit into their lives, and communication is the best highway to do that. So engage them, listen to them, value them, affirm them. Wala pong overdose ang 
appreciation and affirmation. Walang overdose. Did you ever, you know, come, come across a wife or one of the children said, kakainis itong father ko, itong husband ko, appreciate na, appreciate sa akin. No, of course not. The more you appreciate them, the more value, the more honor you bestow unto them. Alright. Protect your children. Sorry, Hallelujah. Ha, parang we're rushing kasi, kasi po, 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 po. Kasi we need one hour. Yeah, yeah. Hindi lang one hour. Okay, protect your children. As far as I could remember, every night, we've been married for how long, my love? Oh, sorry, sorry, po. How long have we been married? Uh, mamaya dapat no, to eh. 41 years. 41 years, 8 months, and 28 days today. Okay. So, for as long as that time, those times, I, as far as I could remember, Peter, every night, when we're home, he checks the front gate. He sees to it that it's bolted properly. He locks the front door, the garage door, the kitchen door where there's access, the lanai door. He has to double check if everything is sealed and locked. Why? You see, that's human love in action. And that is a sign that he is committed to protect us. To protect the children. And we protect our sons and our daughters, not just by physically checking the doors, the bolts, the locks, but through active parenting of our children. That, yeah, through active parenting and not passive. So this is what we learned from Pastor Chuck early on in the ministry. He said, be present in their world Doc, Dr. Quinley was a psychologist too. He took up psychology in school and he became our senior pastor for a while. So be present in their world as much as you can, especially in the first four years. Be consistent in reinforcing the same set of standards from day to day in the first season of their lives. David, dealing with Maxito, you don't give way, okay? Be consistent day by day. Be present in their world as much as you can in the first four years. Even choosing their friends, even if they're just playing in the neighborhood. When your kids come home and you see them misbehaving, double check what kind of friends they're hanging out with. Okay? If you see changes in their attitudes and their behavior, then there's something wrong. And that is why in Proverbs 22 verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The word train up means to teach, to initiate, to dedicate, to consecrate, to inaugurate. I want to emphasize the word inaugurate. When you inaugurate, you do groundbreaking inauguration, right? You break ground before building or constructing. You break ground. That's the picture that Solomon was showing us. Early on, in the early days of a child, you break ground. In other words, early on, you start training the child while they're young. So Solomon is advising us not to train up our teenager, not to train up our young man, but his advice is on how to train up a child. And there are two reasons why. And by the way, this denotes a community. I mean, a community is involved. Community action is involved in the training of a child. It takes a village to do that. So, why is it easier to train and to discipline our kids? Number one, the will is more flexible. While they're young, they're pliant. Just like, you see, when I go around buying plants, I see these plants, the young fortune plants. The, the gardener twists the, 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 the small branches. They, parang tinitirintas nila, they braid the branches. And they grow up so beautiful. And they don't do that. They don't wait for the branches to become trunks. Because a trunk can never be bent.
but well, their branches, small and pliable, they're flexible. You can train them the way they should go. It is when they're young that you set their ways, for when they get older, their ways are already set. It is harder to untrain a trunk of a tree. Amen? Uh, na, teka muna yung story. Diba? Ah, nag-conflagration pala ako. So, but look at that. Brian turned out to be the pastor. David is an honest businessman. Love you, Dave. Patrick, too. They're all obedient children. Ruthie is a pastor's wife now. And Timo, right? Why? Because it is when they're young that you set their ways. For when they get older, their ways are set. Amen? What else? You've got to love, shepherd, shape while the heart is still soft and tender. You've got to do that. You've got to, to nurture them, love on them, make time with them. Peter and I have been teaching and modeling to our kids. And Peter makes time when they were younger. I would tutor them, but he was the one who would go to school to talk to the teachers during PTAs, parent-teacher uh, meetings, the conferences, and he gets the grade, and they're always good grades. While I'm at home, except that I go to school when I'm called by the dean of discipline, and I will not tell you why. And all these we do in pursuit of protecting our children. So, telling a child on how to do something, and then showing them how to do it, biking, swimming, and all that we did. We taught them skills in math, reading, writing, and all that. But take a look at this. You teach the child how to respond to, to such emotions as fear, anger, disappointments. It's not just the physical tutoring, but being there for them to listen to their pains, to their disappointments. Because when you're there to listen to them in the midst of their pain, they know you're available to them. And that, yes, go ahead, Han. The unspoken word. We, we, we get to listen to the unspoken word. So the process for character development is this. Being there for them to listen to them and to teach them and to show them. Praying that they will be able to respond when they face fear, when they face anger. Christ, Christine took very seriously the tutoring of all our kids. She really tutored each one of them. Uh, my part naman was to go to the school every time the report cards were going to be released. And I would take time to speak to the teachers and, and the ask principal. them how yeah. they, each of them are doing in school. Uh, we need to take time. We need to show our kids that we are truly and genuinely so, concerned. Parenting is hard work, but the payoff is the quality of the life the child lives. For what's done to the children, they will do to society. Dr. Carl Menninger said that. I want to give some time because we're going to end this with communion. And I want the communion today to be a little bit different. So, point number one, we lay only one foundation. Number two, be a loving family. Number three, communication. We take time to engage our children, whether we are tired or not. We value them, we affirm them, we encourage them, we cheer them on, and we speak life to them, certainly not death words. And then protect your family. Uh, protect your family is also caring enough to know what's going on in their lives. Right. If we don't take the time to communicate with them, how will you know the inside track of their hearts? So very important. So that's why somebody said, love is, is spelled T-I-M-E. We give them time. We value them by giving them time. And of course, the last part, celebrate life. Celebrate everyone. Ah, uh, what can I say? Uh, Christine and I have been married for 41 years, 8 months, and 28 days today. So we sometimes get into each other's nerves, but we still manage to remain sweet. Hallelujah. And when you've been married for that long, there's no more hope in changing your wife. We there's celebrate. There's no more hope 
in changing your husband. Allow the Holy Spirit to do that na lang. Ipasadyos mo na lang. <laughs> Accept each other. You celebrate each other's imperfections. I love ya. You know why? Because when you're, when you're newly married, your wife is perfect. You, Flawless. You, 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 you're so in love with her. You, you're so passionate about her. She's perfect. Parang siyang maladyosa. You know, she can do no wrong. And besides, every time, every time she makes a mistake, forgive ka lang forgive. Parang kang, parang kang si God. Uh, unlimited patience. But when you're married 5, 10, 15 years, imperfections start to come out. Oh, hallelujah. Then you realize, hindi pala perfect si wife. Hindi, hindi pala, pala perfect, perfect si mister. husband. Yan. So, you celebrate your imperfections. Yes. That's the way God made you. So, so too with your children. Uh, every time it's the birthday of one of our kids, yes. we make it a big deal. Not yes. only when they're, let's say, they, they turn teenagers. No, we make it a big deal. We go, we go out and celebrate. Uh, and, and we go out to a, to a restaurant. And then what we do is, uh, so the birthday celebrant is there. We go around the table and we speak something about the birthday celebrant. We pump them up. We cheer them up. We affirm them. Christine would say, can you speak, let's say, some good thing about or what good trait that your brother has or your sister has? So, yun. Very important. You celebrate each one. Yes. Um, you remember when the prodigal son demanded from the father his share of the inheritance. It forced the father to divide his inheritance between both brothers. If you read it, don't forget, he already he also gave the other brother who did not demand it his share. But that was so disrespectful. And so when this younger brother blew his inheritance away in wild living in such a short time, and due to his hardships, because he was eating together with the pigs, he came to his senses and came back home. And if you read the passage, while he was still far away, the father recognized him. The father saw him. The father took pity on him. And he did not say, Ikaw kasi eh. You're so disrespectful. Magdusa ka muna. No such thing. No, he did not sermonize his son. But what did he do? He said, And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Celebrate the lives of your children. They will pass under you just once in your lifetime. And while they are under your care, you do all that you can do to deposit inside of them. While they are still receiving all your words. Because one day, they'll, be, they'll, they'll become men and women and start their own family. And you won't have that opportunity again. And we're empty nesters. That opportunity is long gone now. Yeah, we just celebrate our lives together yeah. being empty nesters. So make that activity a priority. Celebrate each one of your kids. Involve them in what you do. Teach them every opportunity, all the things you've gone through, all the heartaches that you've gone through. And, you, and, and it became a learning experience for your own life. Teach it to them. Teach it to them. Do not deprive them of the experience. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are the great restorer, the great lover. The one who forgives, Lord, completely. Nothing remains when you forgive. You forget. Lord, thank you that we can stand righteous now. Thank you, Lord. You mend our broken hearts. You love each one of us that much. So today, Lord, we speak a blessing upon every family here. Upon everyone here, Lord God, even representing their families, we speak a blessing unto their lives. That Lord, truly, we will cause the love and light of Jesus to shine unto every member of our families. We shall be great testimonies of your love. 
your tenderness, your care, your forgiveness, Lord. Nothing will hold us back. We will not hold in our hearts anything against them. Starting today, Lord, we walk in newness of you, in your strength. For in you we live and move and have our being. Lord, thank you for the great work you're doing in every heart here today, in every family represented here today. Lord, bless. Bless every family here today, Lord God, with your blessing, Lord. Spirit, soul, and body. Every area of their lives, in the name of Jesus, I declare it is blessed by you. It is blessed by you. It is blessed by you. And now, church, would you raise your hand up towards the Father. And now, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift His face towards you and give you His peace. Go and be loving family members towards one another, towards your neighbors, towards the community. Speak blessing to one another. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people shall say, Amen and Amen. Glory to God.